This is KGNU's Morning Magazine for Wednesday, March 1st of 2023. I'm your host, Shannon Young. Coming up on today's program, we'll look at what's on the program for this year's Boulder International Film Festival, which kicks off tomorrow and runs through the weekend. Chris Moore will share his weekly commentary, make them hear you. And then herbalist Brigitte Mars will bring us her regular Wednesday feature, Naturally. A commentary from Jim Hightower is at the bottom of the hour. Then acclaimed field recorder Ian Brennan will take us to southern Azerbaijan to bring us the voices of its longest living residents. At 9 a.m., Donnie L. Betts brings us his latest radio theater production, Cages. At 9.30, Uncle Jeff will be in the Boulder studio for the Morning Sound Alternative. That's all still ahead, but first, a look at the headlines with KGNU's Alyssa Palazzo. The Boulder Police Department is investigating what they call several strong leads in a non-fatal shooting that occurred around 10 p.m. Monday near 13th and Canyon. A Boulder County Sheriff's Office canine initially tracked the suspect but could not solidify a location. The female victim, who detectives initially identified as male, had been asleep outside near Canyon Boulevard when the suspect shot her in the leg and fled the scene. The victim was taken to the hospital and is currently stable. The state Senate is considering a bill that seeks to eliminate barriers for out-of-state teachers to gain Colorado teaching licenses. The state house approved the bill last week. It would create a faster and more accessible state-to-state licensing process and help ease Colorado's teacher shortage. Nine News says the bill would let Colorado join 10 other states in the Interstate Teacher Mobility Compact. Under that compact, licensed teachers can more easily transfer a teaching license between member states. The Senate Business, Labor, and Technology Committee advanced a bill to update Colorado's equal pay for equal work law yesterday. The law, which took effect in 2021, addresses discrimination and pay inequities in the workplace. According to the bill, employees that go underpaid for over three years may qualify to receive up to six years of back pay. The proposed update would also simplify the process for job vacancy and promotion notifications. According to census data, Colorado women earn 17% less on their paychecks than their male counterparts. The corporate sponsorship agreement between the University of Colorado Boulder's athletic program and PointsBet, a Denver-based sports betting company, is facing scrutiny for predatory marketing as the company showcases its product to students who are not old enough to bet legally. According to an investigative story by the Shirley Povish Center for Sports Journalism, and the Howard Center for Investigative Journalism at the University of Maryland, the company's agreement with CU, signed in 2020, is one of the first of its kind to pair a sports betting platform with a university athletics program. Under the deal, CU gets over $1.6 million over five years with PointsBet, receiving wide exposure for its brand at student orientations and sports camps. The university, until this past January, also received a $30 fee when anyone, including students, signed up for PointsBet using a CU promotional code. A CU spokesperson told the investigative journalist the sports betting signs come with corresponding signage that have information on problem gambling resources and that the university has safeguards in place. Addiction experts say sponsorships with betting platforms could put students at risk, especially as universities enable an acceptance or standard to the behavior. The federal government is suing a Fort Collins water company, claiming that a drainage failure caused widespread damage to trees and other plant life in Rocky Mountain National Park. 
KGN News' John Kellen has the story. The Department of Interior lawsuit claims that the water supply and storage company Culvert on the Grand River ditch system ruptured in June of 2017, sending huge amounts of water into the Lady Creek floodplain. The lawsuit says this led to, quote, 100% loss of vegetation within the impacted area. The suit, filed Monday in U.S. District Court, says that the waterborne debris destroyed hundreds of trees and damaged a hiking trail. It asks for the water company to pay for all the damage. The suit also says the ditch system is more than 125 years old and should be condemned. The Denver Post says that according to a Department of Justice press release, the water supply and storage company paid $9 million in damages after a similar incident 20 years ago. For KGNU, I'm John Kellen. Beginning today, grocery stores across Colorado can sell wine. A law approved by voters last November affects nearly 2,000 grocery and convenience stores statewide. A spokesperson for the Safeway grocery chain told the Denver Post that customers want the convenience of being able to buy a bottle of wine at the same place they get the rest of their groceries. We are starting March with some flurries. Expect wind with a high of around 40 degrees in Boulder, Longmont, and Denver, with a low of 20 degrees, bringing snow showers just after 5 p.m. For KGNU, I'm Alyssa Palazzo. You are listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm your host, Shannon Young. The Boulder International Film Festival opens tomorrow, bringing dozens of curated films to venues across the cities of Boulder and Longmont. I have the film festival's co-founder and director, Kathy Beckett, live in the studio with me. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Well, so it actually finally feels like a post-pandemic film festival this year. Don't know if that's my perception, but uh, the program is very thick and it is packed with all kinds of events and, of course, film offerings. Give us a big picture overview. Sure. We have 66 films and they're either shorts or features or documentaries or animation. We have some youth films. We have something for everybody. I mean, there's such a variety this year and it is an excellent program. We do have this feeling of coming back from the pandemic. It was a couple of years we were lucky enough to have festivals in 2021. And then uh, even in 2020, we kind of came in right under the wire. But um, this year feels like back to normal. So we're really excited about it. You know, just side note, the 2021 Film Festival, that the Sound of Soul, that was the first gathering I went to. And once, you know, after COVID started, so it was like, whoa, I'm actually at a thing with, you know, a packed auditorium with with others and I'm vaccinated. And it, it just felt uh, it felt good. That was so that was my official kind of way of coming out of uh, the worst, most serious part of the pandemic. Um, of course, this year you have. uh pavilions, right? You mentioned your youth programming. You also have an adventure pavilion. Uh, Tell folks what's in store in these kind of like sub-genres. Good question. You know, the Adventure Film Pavilion is something we started just a few short years ago. And it's kind of um, my baby. I'm, I'm sort of an adventure at heart, not, you know, hardcore like a lot of people in Boulder are. But uh, we started this because we wanted to showcase some of the best adventure films out there for this community. And it's kind of a festival within a festival. So we've got a whole slate of wonderful films. 
films that the the common denominator really is great storytelling. You don't have to be a, a real hardcore uh, adventurer, but the stories in these films are phenomenal. So whether it's you know whitewater kayaking, rafting. Um, Animal conservation, we have some great films about that in the pavilion this year. Uh, Rock climbing, uh, we have shorts, we have features, we have a fantastic film about a couple of world champion BMX racers. I mean, who knew? I didn't know a thing about that. And yet this is one of the most compelling stories that we have at the festival. And the exciting thing is that those two world champion BMX racers, they're married, Sam and Elise Willoughby. They're going to be here at the festival. They're coming from San Diego. And I'm so excited because the film is so fantastic. I feel like they're kind of rock stars. I mean, I can't wait to meet them almost above anybody. Well, and another uh, person who is coming that a film that's on my kind of agenda of to see. There's a film called Afghan Dreamers, and one of the the girls, or I guess maybe woman now, is like featured in this movie is going to be here as well. Uh, tell me about that movie. Well, that is a locally produced film uh, by Brad Feld, and that is about a, an Afghan girls robotics team. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of those kind of things over here, um, lots of robotics teams and uh, lots of competitions for that. But I didn't know that, you know, there was this team from Afghanistan that traveled all over the world for these competitions. And they were fantastic. But of course, there was the strife going on at home. And that really plays into the film. But it is phenomenal. And we're excited to show that as part of our youth program. So that means that it's going to be free for students 21 and under. All you do is go to biff1.com slash youth and get a ticket there for free. So why have a whole set of films that are no cost to youth? Well, we we pick, you know, they're very hand-selected, these films. We, we pick films that we think are going to really make an impact on young people's lives, so we want to make them available. Another film in that um, program is called My Sister Live, and it's about a local family uh, here uh, some years back. Uh, the, the young woman unfortunately committed suicide, and it was about her family and how they came to deal with it and how uh, how they transitioned through that. And also the film uh, shows, you know, things you can do to help this real epidemic in our society. And that's a locally produced film as well with Paula Dupre-Pessman and Olivia Onneman and Larissa Rhodes. And it is fantastic. And that's actually free for youth that are 25 and under. And so you can go to biff1.com slash youth again for that one as well. And we have a case for kindness in that program, another locally produced film, Johnny Alamo. Uh, all, all these people that are directors and producers, they're all coming in for these films. Ride, the one about the BMX racers, that is also in that program and of course uh, one of my one of my favorite films this year so all four of those films are available free for young people and you have these films that are locally produced and then you have some very high dollar productions as well that require you know many years and specialized equipment so i want to go to a clip of a trailer 
for a film that's in the Adventure Pavilion, Path of the Panther. Do you want to set this up for us? Sure. Oh, this is fantastic. And it's about panthers in Florida. I did not know there were panthers in Florida. <laughs> Again, you know, film can be so educational, but it is about how they're trying to save the panther in Florida. There's been, of course, lots of development. Um, their their habitat has been shrinking. But it's a great story because it, it shows how they are trying to pass legislation, for example, that could save their habitat. The thing I love about this film is they set up cameras, you know, to try to track the the path of the panther. And they capture so many other animals as well. And it's just funny and wonderful. And you see all these animals out there in the wild. And it is a fantastic story. We call this area Shimmering Waters. This is our home. Just like it's the home to the deer, the frogs, and the panther, this is our home. This is the number one cause of death, right? Vehicle collision is number one. In the last two weeks, we have three. We're going to reach a threshold, or maybe we're already there for this little piece of land that's left for them. Florida panthers once roamed the entire southeast, now mostly confined to just a small region along the Gulf of Mexico. These animals are like ghosts. It's so hard to show the story. And you have to show people to create that connection and that love. Again, that was a clip from Path of the Panther. It's a film that will be... uh, screening this weekend at the Boulder International Film Festival in its Adventure Pavilion. I'm here with Kathy Beck, the director and co-founder of the festival. We were, as we were discussing before we opened up the mics, you were also saying there's a lot of great music uh, programming. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Uh, We love We love our music films at Biff, and we have some fantastic ones this year. We have one about Roberta Flack, uh, who turns out really fought for civil rights during her career. I didn't know that before the film. It's fantastic. There's almost nobody with a better voice than Roberta Flack. Um, We have a film about Little Richard, which is fascinating because he was so cutting edge and ahead of his time um, in the day, and what fantastic music uh, he produced. And and uh, we just love that film as well, uh, Little Richard. I am everything. We have a film about the Indigo Girls. Everybody loves the Indigo Girls. It's called Only Life After All. So that's uh, one of my favorites this year. And also, there is a film about a group of guys in London back in the '70s who formed a company that did album covers for some of the biggest bands of the day, including. The Beatles, um, Led Zeppelin, uh, Pink Floyd, and interestingly enough, today is the <clears throat> excuse me fiftieth anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon, and this group um, did that album cover, and <clears throat> it is so interesting because they didn't have Photoshop back then, so they didn't you know, they had to go out and set up every picture they took. So it's a fabulous film. It's at the Boulder Theater on Saturday night. It's called uh, Squaring the Circle, the Story of Hypnosis. So I really recommend that one. There is also um, 
the the little Richard one, it seems like it's so recent. I was looking online for a trailer for it and I couldn't find it. So how do you like how how fresh out of the oven are these movies? You know, they're pretty fresh. Uh, you know, these are we show films that aren't in the theaters. So once in a while, there'll be one that might be online, but uh, very rarely. So uh, the it could be that there isn't a trailer even available for that film right now. Um, you know, we, we also have a fantastic opening night film called Immediate Family, and there are still some tickets available for opening night, but this is about a session band that started in the 70s and did the music for Carol King's Tapestry, uh, Jackson Brown's Running on Empty, uh, Sweet Baby James by James Taylor, Linda Ronstadt, and and they're still performing today. We have a couple of the guys from the band coming to the festival along with the director, Denny Tedesco, so we're really excited about that. A couple of the other guys are on tour with Lyle Lovett and, and others, so they're still out there cranking it, and they are some of the best musicians in the world. So I'm really excited about Immediate Family for opening night. Then let's talk about closing night. You have Still Working 9 to 5. Yes, and this is one of the funnest films we have this year at the festival. Uh, this is a film about the making of 9 to 5. If we all go way back and remember that film from 1980, it was incredible. And it was very funny. But at the same time, it was really cutting edge in terms of women's rights and the statements it was making at the time. I didn't know that I was just fresh out of high school in 1980. And, you know, I just didn't realize the impact that film had. So this, this is about the culture at the time. But it also has, of course, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and, and um, Dolly Parton. And they're all talking about the making of the film. It even has Dabney Coleman. It is fantastic. I can't recommend that enough. And we have the producer and director coming, Gary and Larry Lane. Uh, so we're excited about that. And finally, you uh, something that Biff started during the pandemic, I believe, was the online component, and that's continuing. Yes, it's our virtual uh, cinema, and it is continuing. We're starting it on March 6th, which is the day after the festival this year. It goes to March 19th. Not every single film at the festival is available online, but there are a gr- there's, there is a great selection of virtual, and you can go even right now and get tickets for that and watch it from the comfort of your home. So um, we have so many wonderful films really something for everybody and um, we're really excited i've been speaking with kathy beck the co-founder and director of the boulder international film festival you can find more information about it online at biff1.com that's b-i-f-f-1.com kathy thank you so much for coming into the studio this morning thank you for having me shannon it was a pleasant pleasant It was very pleasant. (laughs) You are listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm your host, Shannon Young. We'll be right back after this quick break. We go now to Chris Moore's weekly commentary, Make Them Hear You. This is Make Them Hear You with ideas on how you can have your voice heard before Congress. Democrats had a chance to raise the debt ceiling during the recent lame duck session, but that didn't happen. Now the debt ceiling issue is rearing its ugly head again. The 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution requires the federal government to pay all its debts. I have asked around to see who would have standing in a federal court to have the law requiring the debt ceiling to be voted on every year to be declared unconstitutional. And if anyone knows the answer, please tell me. 
In the meantime, despite the boos that Biden got in his State of the Union address, there are indeed Republicans like Rick Scott who want to sunset Social Security every five years, the Republican Study Committee, a quasi-in-house think tank for the House GOP conference, unveiled a 2023 budget blueprint last year that would raise the Medicare and Social Security eligibility ages. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has previously floated privatizing Social Security and restructuring Medicare. As a congressman in 2014, he voted on measures that would have raised the retirement age for both programs and cut Social Security benefits. McConnell, Utah Senator Mike Lee, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, and Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson all want to see cuts in Social Security and Medicaid. And here's the thing. Some Republicans have indeed threatened to unconstitutionally refuse to raise the debt ceiling unless these and other cuts are implemented. To bring Congress back closer in line with the Constitution, they swore to uphold the Protect Our Credit Act of 2023 aims to end the GOP's abuse of the debt ceiling as a political hostage by allowing the executive branch to initiate a process to raise the debt ceiling, subject to a congressional override. Senator Jeff Merkley introduced the Protect Our Citizens from Reckless Extortion of Our Debt and Irresponsible Tactics, or Protect Our Credit Act of 2023, you change how the debt ceiling is raised, enabling the executive branch to initiate a process to raise the debt ceiling subject to a congressional override. The Protect Our Credit Act would require the president to determine the amount of debt necessary for that year and raise the debt ceiling to the proposed limit unless within 15 legislative days, Congress passes and the president signs into law a joint resolution of disapproval. If the federal debt gets within $250 billion of that limit, the president will submit another written certification subject to the same congressional disapproval process. The idea of having the president increase the debt ceiling subject to a vote of congressional disapproval was originally proposed by Senate Minority Leader of the time, Mitch McConnell, in 2011 to allow the much-needed debt limit increase to go forward without requiring Republicans to take an affirmative vote. If you have thoughts on the Protect Our Credit Act of 2023, you can contact your senators and representative. This is Chris Moore with Make Them Hear You. It's now time to check in with herbalist Brigitte Mars, who brings us her weekly episode of Naturally. Greetings. Welcome to Naturally. This is Brigitte Mars, and I have seen the green things coming up out of the earth, dandelions. You know what? Dandelions are one of the most useful plants on the face of the earth. And all you people who think they're a sign of a bad neighborhood, you be wrong. I got to tell you, dandelions are a gift from the creator. They aerate the soil. They are the first food for the bees in the springtime. And you know, when we mow the dandelions down, there's nothing for the bees to eat. And then we become the problem that is causing the demise of the bees. And the bees pollinate three out of every four bites of food we eat. Hey, vanilla is the second most expensive spice in the world because it has to be hand pollinated. You do not want to know what apples and pears are going to cost when they have to be hand pollinated because there are no more pollinators. Well, first of all, the dandelion leaves are edible. They were one of the traditional herbs of Passover originally, one of those bitter herbs. Dandelion leaves are tastiest in the springtime before they flower. They're super high in potassium, and they are as effective a diuretic as the leading drug, LASIK, which has nothing to do with LASIK surgery, by the way. 
And you know what? If you take diuretic drugs, they deplete you of potassium. But dandelions give you potassium. It's like a win-win situation. And then the dandelion flowers, they're high in lutein, which is really good for your eyes. Now, you can go to the health food store and buy a bottle of lutein. That's fine with me. I might even sell it to you myself. But you know what? Dandelion flowers have lutein in them. And around our house, we make things like dandelion loaves and dandelion muffins and, you know, put dandelions everywhere. My daughter's sunflower, she had some warts on her knee years ago, and she took the sap from the stem of the dandelion and put it on there a couple times a day and no more warts. I mean, really, of course you could, you know, go to the clinic and pay a bunch of money and get some kind of drug, but you might have dandelions in your yard and they might be as effective. It's sure worth a try. And you know, the fact that you have dandelions in your yard they aerate the soil. They actually make it easier for the other things to grow. So really, nature has a plan. I think it's kind of silly that we get in the car to go buy gas, to mow down grass, which nobody's eating, uh, unless you're a cow or a sheep maybe. But, you know, in any case, we got to rethink this. So start going to your homeowners association meetings. Be part of the change. A lot of those laws need to change. They are archaic. They do not serve humanity any longer. So let's be part of the solution, which is what we're all about here at KGNU. Thanks for joining me, Brigitte Mars, on Naturally. That's all for today's Morning Magazine. I've been your host and producer, Shannon Young. Special thanks to Alyssa Palazzo, Stacey Johnson, John Kellen, Alexis Kenyon, special guest Kathy Beck, Chris Moore, and Brigitte Mars for their contributions to today's program. If you'd like to make a comment about something you heard on KGNU, you can leave us a voicemail at our listener comment line. The number is 303-447-9911. Stay tuned for a conversation with field recorder Ian Brennan, who's going to take us to southern Azerbaijan to share the voices of people 100 years of age and up. After that, we have a radio theater performance by Donnie Beck, or sorry, by Donnie Betts. That's coming up after the latest commentary from Jim Hightower.